to the Movie Planet's bonus show. All of the bloopers, outtakes, and discussions that have nothing to do with the movie of the week, well, we decided let's make a show of that too. Enjoy. Okay, Steve, here's my theory about The Chosen One. Okay, so I'm listening. When Qui-Gon meets Anakin for the first time, he, he believes he is the chosen one. And we are to believe that he is the chosen one really all the way through. But the minute that Anakin falls in love with Padme, he starts to make bad choices. Would you agree? Yes. So, <laughs> being that they've made the Force biological at this point with the midichlorians. Well, hold on. Okay, he makes bad choices because he misses his mother. Um, that's his first. Listen, one. I I I miss my family too. I keep my shit together. Well, that's why you're not the chosen. That's not it. Now back to what I was saying. All right. Go so ahead. being that it is largely biological, that they've made they've they've decided to go that route. Um. When Anakin really starts to go downhill is when he and Padme conceive or conceive a child. Cause that's when he starts to have the nightmares. And that's when he starts to have the things that are gonna drive him straight towards the dark side. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So at that point, Anakin is no longer a hundred percent the chosen one. He is 50% the chosen one because he shot a 50% into Padme. And oh, now there's, and now, hold on. <laughs> there's three chosen oh, ones in Leia, Luke, and Anakin. Anakin's 50, Luke and Leia are 25, 25. It's why Luke couldn't beat Vader. It's why Luke couldn't beat the Emperor. He wasn't there yet, but... If you combine the 25 with the 50, you might be able to take down the emperor. And that's what happened. So biologically speaking, Anakin was the chosen one until he shot a load in Padme, and then he became half the chosen one. That is the dirtiest theory I've ever heard. But, Steve, <laughs> does it hold water? <laughs> you can't say no. I mean <laughs> I mean the consistency is there I'm just saying I'm going by what the universe that they've given me if it was all spiritual and it wasn't biological at all I could say yes Anakin is the chosen one it's a prophecy but when you take a prophecy and you base it off of biology you take the spirituality away from the biology I did not think that this conversation was going to go this south let alone in the parking lot of my church well Steve <laughs> But uh, uh, you call. <laughs> I understand. I'm, I I understand your line of thinking. <laughs> I might not agree with it, but I understand. The thing is, you can't prove it wrong. I, I understand <laughs> it. But can you prove it wrong? I uh, at the top of my head right now, no. These are theories are theories until they're proven wrong. If they're not proven wrong, if they are proven correct, then they become laws. This is 
one line of dialogue away from being proven a law. Okay. <laughs> I got some thinking to do. Anyways, on that note, I see my family walking, so. All right, buddy. <laughs> hey, good luck today. Thank you for that. Thank you for that lasting impression. Of You're, well- You're welcome. I'm glad I couldn't embarrass you in the parking lot. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Good luck at good luck I'll, at fantasy today. All right, you too. I'll talk to you. Later, man. Bye. Bye. And now we get to have fun. Yay. Okay, Josh. Okay, let's pull the shit over. You <laughs> we were at D D with JC's mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you asked me, Hey, I got the uh the Pantheons, but uh how do I change my grade for Rogue One? <laughs> and yes. here we are on stage, if you will. Mm-hmm. I've got the space fantasy up here. I see Rogue One. You had not, it's the only one you didn't give a grade to outside of Solo. Yeah. Okay. Now, just a reference here for everybody Rogue One is the seventh movie in the Pantheon. It had a C from me, a B from JC, an A minus from Joel, although Joel has claimed he's going to probably knock that down. Steve gave it a C plus. Sam gave it a C. Josh, what do you give Rogue One a Star Wars story? Okay, you know, you ha- you have to see this coming, right? Gareth Edwards? Uh, I mean, Gareth, that's pretty great. I think a very, I, I haven't seen the creator, so oh. I'm, I'm fascinated with the behind the scenes of the creator. The actual like pitch of it didn't interest me. It, here's the thing. The creator was not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be leaning more into the sci-fi, which is get the philosophy out there, bring the metaphors, but it turned out to be just a big old shoot 'em up. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, cause I took my mom to create. Oh, wow. She was like, what do you want to see? I was like, well, this is great. Cause she got, she likes sci-fi. And I was like, let's watch the creator. I hear it's really, really good. And we went and we both left and we were kind of like, that was not what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, yeah, I did not see that coming. Two and a half hours of bang, bang. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, it is the people on a doomed, more or less doomed mission. Yes. Right. I love that shit. I eat it up. I know people working, even though, uh, in a different circumstances, right? Like as an audience, we know our folks are going to (laughs) die. Like if you've seen uh, a new hope, you know, like that's what they say right at the beginning. Right. We've already gotten the information. Why have the movie? Because <laughs> this this is exactly what I wanted when they expanded the Star Wars universe. The exact kind of stuff where I want to see the drama happen that was in between the beats that we missed previously. I want to know who all the other characters are that aren't named Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. So you got the Skywalker story. You loved that. Yes. There must be other stories. Because, uh, And as a kid, for me growing up, the Star Wars universe, early on, they pitched it as a universe. They would give you, uh, you know, these side characters. You have your Boba Fett's, you have your Cantina Band, you have your Ewoks who have all been living different lives. Yes. And they sketched out just enough so that you could take that home and expand it however you wanted to. Sit in the bathtub with your figures and play around. Yes. Then I get into middle school. And you get a lot of the uh, the Thrawn books. You get that kind of stuff happening where it's like, oh, 
there's a lot of interesting we're still following our main family some have said they should have done seven eight nine off the throne books and i i heartily agree yeah i I do think that would have been a great way to go yeah uh and let's see in 97 um you get your special editions (laughs) how dare you uh but somewhere in there you get your um the n64 uh with dash rendar game okay so you have like these other offshoots that are exploring these the events through different characters my my experience with the video games for star wars uh around that time was primarily on the pc Mm -hmm. and the game du jour was tie fighter yes and they had the counterpoint part x-wing yep i never bought x-wing oh i bought tie fighter Fighter. and i loved it i spent so many hours playing that and you're right you got to be a part of the overarching Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. It leaned you into that. You know, there's the Emperor. You're working for the Emperor now, and you right. got to take down the X-Wings, and eventually you have to fight Luke Skywalker out there. It's like, ah, there he is, you know? Yeah. Um, or the Millennium Falcon will show up on the screen. Uh, but I never got to play, like, the Dash Rengar games, I, I, any of that stuff, uh, until much later when Revenge of the Sith came out. Okay. And the video game came out for Revenge of the Sith on PlayStation 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was my first Star Wars movie after TIE, or Star Wars, Star Wars game after TIE Fighter. Okay. And so there was this dead period for me with those games. So when you say Dash Rengar, I'm sitting there going, how did I miss this game? Uh-huh. What kind of game was it? Um, I mean, it was a 64, like a third person shooter. Okay. Uh, kind of game. And you were basically knockoff Han Solo. Right. You're, you're a rogue. You're a scoundrel. You're Andor. Yeah, you're andoring around. Yeah, knock off Han Solo. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, except for Han Solo had a backstory. You're right. <laughs> Listen, Andor's got some PTSD going on. He's he's a depressed dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. We only got one movie with him. Um, you're not <laughs> not acknowledging that other thing. Andor does not exist. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, and this is might be bad for me to say i have not been able to get through i did like five episodes of andor and i was like uh i the thing is i don't dislike it it's just not compelling enough for me to keep going i learned from star wars to let go mm, mm-hmm. in that and I, I've, I i've applied that now to the dc franchise and the Marvel franchise. And I've learned how to say, this just sucks. Mm-hmm. And there are good things. I, I, I've shit on the sequel trilogy enough on the show. And people know <laughs> how I feel about this. And I will admit there are some good things in what Disney has done. 10, 15% has been good. The majority of it is what happens when fans are in charge of your story group. George Lucas, when he made one through six, the fans expected certain things and he was like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do and you're gonna eat what I'm gonna put on the table. Mm -hmm. And we did and we loved it. 
And if it did taste a little funny, we just recooked it 10 years later and we love the prequels all of a sudden, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but it seemed like seven, then Rogue One, like seven, Force Awakens, I was all in. I loved it. I was still sitting there going, you know what? Yes, <laughs> give me more. This is what I want to see next. And I want to see this and this and this. And, and I could see the story beats happening. And then eight, or Rogue One came out. And I remember sitting in the theater. I saw Rogue One twice in two days. Okay. I saw it twice in two days. And uh, the first time I saw it, I left with the, yes, yes. That was awesome. I watched the Vader clip a thousand times on YouTube. I could watch that a thousand more. But I can't name you any characters other than Andor and K2SO. I don't even remember what the lead girl's name was. Jen? Thank you. Yeah. And who were the other two? The other ones. <laughs> Doesn't that tell you something? And this is what my problem with Rogue One was. Um, I didn't care about the characters when they died. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was the right death for them. Okay. And if Fanjo mm -hmm. was to rewrite the movie, Vader doesn't mow down a bunch of nobodies in a hallway. He's mowing down that group one by one. Mm-hmm. And Jen Urso, that's her last name, yeah. is the one who passes on the thing to Leia before she dies. And as she dies, she clutches her necklace that her mother gives her and leaves off into space. Yeah. But they blew her up on a fucking beach. On a planet that was protected by space balls yeah. armor. <laughs> Post space balls. <laughs> that's fair. That that part's fair. And that's when Rogue One was when I first said, "Okay, there's some there's a fly in the meth." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I watched Last Jedi, and I put it away. I was like, you know what, Last Jedi is great. I listened to my podcast from before. I liked the Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Something didn't sit with me, and I was like, something's wrong here. And it wasn't until Rise of Skywalker came, I was like, "Yep, the wrong person's feeding me the meal." Oh, okay. I thought I, I keep getting diarrhea after this meal. <laughs> it tastes good going down, but I keep getting the shits. And that's when I learned, okay, maybe not everything in Marvel is good either. Mm. And I started re-looking at those and going, oh, that's a problem. And the DC ones, ooh, I had my fan glasses on. Oh, shit. And that, then when we started doing the movies for the podcast, I, I remember when I gave my Star Wars grade. <laughs> I gave it a C and they looked at me like I had fucking lobsters crawling out of my ears. And I was like, <laughs> it's a very average movie. It does everything that your average story should do. But ultimately it doesn't fit within the timeline. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work at all with the rest of the story that was created around it. And if we're going to grade the whole thing as a whole piece, does it fit properly? No, you had something to build around. It's like having pancakes in the okay. middle of your kitchen table. And then somebody plops down spaghetti, lasagna, garlic bread, and and, uh, and a pasta salad. And you're like, I like the pancakes. And I like all this. Mm -hmm. This doesn't fit. Okay. Here is a larger question. Ooh, boy. Yes. So uh, at which point are you no longer having breakfast? At which point has there been... <laughs> 
I think you missed the point of the metaphor. <laughs> well, has there been so much other mixed into your original flavor that you're now having the secondary thing? It, you might not like it even. Yeah. It, I mean, do you consider yourself still a fan or are you a fan of a certain era of it? I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think as a PSA to everybody out there, being a fan of a property does not mean that you have to love every single thing that comes out. And being a fan of a property does not mean that you have to shit on everything that comes out mm -hmm. because it doesn't live up to your expectations. I'm a fan of Star Wars because, you know, I like a lot of its stuff. Mm -hmm. But recently, not so much. And when people say, well, then you're not a fan, I go, well, you know what? I, I kind of am because I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know if you're a fan is when the low points hit, are you disappointed? If you're not disappointed, then you're not a fan. Right. You don't care. And me, largely disappointed. Okay. Andor was the low point for me. And even worse was all the people that came out saying Andor was, oh, it's for the adults that grew up. And that's not what Star Wars is. Mm -hmm. Star Wars is for my inner child. I don't want my, I don't like Game of Thrones in my head as I'm watching Star Wars. It's boring. It's fucking boring. <laughs> I love what somebody said this on a YouTube video. They said they were going over all the properties and they go, and then there's Andor, which is for all the film, film elite out there who say, look at the, look at the filmography on this and look at it. It's like, yeah, that's great. No, I want to see blasters and pew pew. That's mm -hmm. what I want to see. And it sounds stupid, but disappoint. I'm a Lions fan. Mm hmm. I've been disappointed most of my life. <laughs> That's how I know I'm a fan. Uh -huh. <laughs> so for me, the, Star Wars was the gatekeeper where I was kind of, or the gate where I finally walked through and said, I cannot like some things. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I will defend to the day I die that Darth Vader seen at the run of Rogue One. But when I turn the movie on, I'm usually fast forwarding to that. Got it. Because I just don't care. And you know, the best death in that movie was the droids. Oh, okay. That was the one that got me. K2SO. Mm -hmm. He had the most heart of all the, of all the characters and he was a droid. Yeah. And that's I can what, see that. And so for me, like when he l leans over like this, I could see you sitting there going, oh, not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should have lived. The writing, I felt moment to moment, fairly thin. The overarching uh, story of... Like I said, we know it's a doomed mission because we know that many of them died bringing us these plans. Right. Like, that's what's going to happen. Um, but the actual moments where uh, they're on the beach yeah. at the end and everyone just getting, like, fucking shredded, right? <laughs> Get Donnie Yen, like, trying to hit the button or whatever it is that he's doing <laughs> out there. And, like, he's just going to keep going. Yeah. It's, that's... The blind guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the, there's so much that I like. Oh, what is this? This is the prequel. Oh, okay. This book came out before Rogue One, and this was coming out. This is when they first said, oh, we're making books now that are going to be part of the canon. Got it. And so they said, we got this movie coming out, Rogue One. This is the movie. This is the book that precedes it. Tells mm -hmm. the story about Jalen. I flew through this thing. Mm -hmm. I ate it up. This is a better movie than Rogue One. Okay. 
Rogue One should have been the book. This should have been the movie. If you'd like to borrow it at some point, it's on my shelf. <laughs> Highly recommend Rogue One Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> but so looking at the inverse, like I often do, this as a movie separate from the rest of the Star Wars is what I like. I, I think the direction is incredibly strong. Okay. I think uh, Gareth Edwards is a better visual storyteller than he is a writer. Um, For some reason, I don't think Gareth Edwards finished the movie. Did he not? I th- Hold on. IMDb. For some reason, I think he, he was called off it. Um, he I know he got the job because of Godzilla. Mm-hmm which I own and I've never made it all the way through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not to say I'm not a fan of Gareth Edwards. It just means that it's not what I expected. That being said, Godzilla minus one, you were right. Holy shit. That was awesome. <laughs> that movie rips. I was tears at the end. I did not see that coming. Uh, wow. Yeah. What a great record. If you have not seen that, by the way, check that out. Uh, it's saying he's on here for some, I don't know why I thought somebody else popped on at the end to help out. Um, Maybe that was it. Maybe the studio stepped in and was like, oh, let us do some things here to help out because I know the Darth Vader scene at the end was not originally in the script. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, again, for the 400th time, I apologize for interrupting you. (laughs) Uh, Well, all that to say, uh, I would like to give my official... Okay. Yeah. I mean, the the fun thing that I think uh, gets lost in translation to the audio medium is that we get to look at the spreadsheet yes while, while we're doing these things yes that i really enjoy doing i know i know i i I, t- I tinkered with doing a video thing but then i realized how much editing i would have to do yeah and i don't have the money nor the manpower to hire other people to do this so. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, i'm gonna screw up your your curve here a little bit not a ton i don't think because I'm, it's a solid B. Okay. Oh, okay. It is a solid B. It gets a little bit extra because it made me emotional. I take some away because I think the writing is thin. So it kind of balances out. My heart wants to give it a B plus or an A minus. The overall, yeah. I'm I'm tampering that with uh, I think some of the writing concerns. See, I. I was playing back and forth, man, as to what you would do this. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I thought you were going to give it an A. Mm-hmm. Or an A+. Plus. Ooh. Because it doesn't fit. Yeah. But it fits. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, it's not enough of a fuck you for you to give it that high grade. So- <laughs> oh, I love it. So the B, it doesn't it actually doesn't change anything. It stays exactly where it's at. Okay. Yeah. And it's an 81.667 now. Still behind A New Hope. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was another property. Yes. Uh, you. By the way, have you seen Solo, A Star Wars Story? I, no. Is that on your radar? At some point when I'm uh, flipping through things to find as I fall asleep. Josh, at some point, you're going to come over and we're going to watch that together. Okay. And you're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great time. You'll laugh. You'll cry. 
Ooh. Because of how sick some things are in there. Uh, you'll probably give it an F. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan has been a lightning rod on this show. Yes. Uh, when you first came on, when you first re-came on, we talked about Batman and I talked about how great it is. And you were like, ah, I don't know. You rewatched them as of recently. Yes. You mentioned them on Nashville CA. When you went through, you did a Christopher Nolan rabbit hole on there, Dark Come Out, American Psycho. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, you mentioned it. I was like, ooh, because you made a, I think you made a Rises reference in it. Okay. And I was like, ah, yes, he's finished them. Excellent. I can talk to him about next week. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Batman Begins. You gave Batman Begins a B minus. Yes. An 82%. You yeah. were the low man on this. I gave it an A minus. JC, A minus. Joel, A minus. Steve gave it a B. Mm -hmm. Do you still keep it at a B minus or have you seen the error of your ways? <laughs> so it's a D Joe. It's a D. This, this conversation is, it's going to be a Josh conversation. We're, we are still having a Josh conversation. <laughs> okay. Batman begins. Yes. So the, a little bit of the backstory for uh, my daughter is in college at uh, Columbia in Chicago. Okay. And uh, she has to watch, she had to watch a Chicago film. Cool. Yeah. So. Untouchables she, was there, but go ahead. Well, they gave her a list and she was like, <laughs> I think the one that interests me most might be a Batman film. Yeah. Um, so we were going to watch Dark Knight together. Okay. Because of all the great location photography that is on display in that film. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, well, I might as well watch the other ones. Use it as my chance to, you know. When in Rome. Yeah. Re-educate myself. <laughs> so, uh, previously, I think, just quickly, my Batman Begins, fairly low. Uh, Dark Knight, a little higher. Rises, lower. That's okay. typically what this is. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to bump up my Batman Begins grade to a solid B. It's not that big of a change. No. But, but it is a solid B. It keeps it exactly where it's at. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't find anything that I loved. I still think a lot of the... It's pretty. It's, Batman Begins? Yes. It's very pretty. There, yeah. there's a, the there's, opening shots are great. Yeah. There's a lot of um, cool settings. Yeah, yeah. In it, especially like early on, uh, the the temple and the Ra's al Ghul and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. The um, one thing I did appreciate that is echoed in Rises was the uh, fight on the ice. Mm -hmm. When everyone gets exiled onto the ice, like it's you're kind of bringing things full circle again. Yeah. Which I thought was a very cool, like just visually rhyming moment. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight. What did I rate Dark Knight previously? You gave a B. I gave a B. You were the low man on that one. Now, before you do anything, yeah, I'm gonna do something I never thought I would do. Ooh, okay. I, I'm dropping the Dark Knight to an A minus. You are or, or, or to an A, to an A, to an A. Okay. What is what is your rationale? So after I found out you watched them, mm -hmm. I rewatched them. Okay. And for me, I've, I've been very consistent about this when it comes to franchises and mm -hmm. that the story 
you can't just remove it and look at it just as one movie. You have to look at it as a series of movies. Mm -hmm. And this is part, this is chapter two. Mm -hmm. And I love The Dark Knight. I love it. I think it's a near perfect movie. But when you look at it in the scope of Batman Begins, goes to Dark Knight, goes to Dark Knight Rises, the loss of Heath Ledger drops us down in Dark Knight Rises. Okay. It's If you started with Ra's al Ghul and you end with Ra's al Ghul, mm -hmm. how come Ra's al Ghul is never mentioned in Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight? Yeah. And that's a problem for me because you can't bookend something. You can't put pancakes in the middle of the table and surround <laughs> shit with lasagna and spaghetti. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what this is. It's it's a it's a great movie, but surrounded by things that don't totally mesh with what that movie was. Mm -hmm. So for me, because it isn't as seamless, it's going down a half a grade from an A plus to an A. Okay. And it drops down below Doctor Strange in the Pantheon. But wait. Oh no. <laughs> Don't go further. Don't. No, no, no. I feel so dirty right now. <laughs> I feel like my whole body just needs to be wrapped in toilet paper because I feel like shit. <laughs> uh, so previously I had problems with um, a lot of the the action and editing okay. of, of Dark Knight. And I still, after watching all of these, I still don't think Nolan is a great um, action director. Action director. The set pieces, yes, like the big vehicular action. Yeah. I think is amazing. The apartment scene in Dark Knight where he's going up and down the tenants while the two boats are in the floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but the actual like fist fights, mm -hmm. they're, they're weak. Okay. Yeah. There's, uh, I think that the the early fight in the Batman w in the subway tunnel where you see like flashes of light and stuff is is better choreographed than what you get on screen for most of the Dark Knight trilogy. I agree. Okay. But a lot of that went by the side for me this time watching these movies. A lot of the like my concerns of maybe some weaker aspects of filmmaking. Yeah. And the story got me a lot further. To piggyback off what you just said, because I had a spark in my brain there. Uh -huh. um, what I liked about the bat, the Nolan Batmans was that I believed he was a human being. Mm -hmm. And you're right. His fight scenes suck compared to Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Or Sparkles, the vampire's va ba ba Batman. Um, but I also appreciate the fact that this Batman got tired. Yes. And when he fought, you could tell... As he fought, he got more and more tired. Mm -hmm. and especially in Dark Knight Rises when he's fighting Bane. Yeah. And he's exhausted. And he's still getting up. Like, that's, for me, that's my Batman right there. That stuff, I think, is great. The but you're right. Nolan's, in, 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 uh, Nolan's lack of proficiency in action scenes mm -hmm. is why it looks like that. It's not because that's the way it was written. Right. Yeah. There, the uh, The punches don't have impact. No. You know, everything is kind of shot from behind the the elbow as the punch goes forward yeah and you don't really see the head rock back you don't see the contact being made that you do 
in a lot of these other more modern action films. Like a drug dealer sitting in a chair like this and you take a shot of him past Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, Josh? Yeah, like, exactly like that. And he's filming it on an IMAX camera. I mean, come on. He should have this. Uh, but the weird part uh, also is I felt like a lot of the concerns the middle film is the outlier. Yeah. Like thematically, uh, one and three tie together a lot better than two does. Thank you. Yeah. But I previously had really underestimated it. Dark Knight? Yes. So, Dark Knight, A minus for me. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> Are we, we balancing the force here? The, oh, shit. It's been rebalanced. Yes. Dark Knight stays at number five. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I did not see that coming. Yes. Um, well, I'm glad that the reason I brought it down and the reason you brought it up led to the same grade <laughs> tells me that at least I'm thinking in the same level as you. Yes. Uh, so in this respect, one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dark Knight Rises. That's all the way down here at 79%. I gave it a C. JC gave it a C plus. Joel gave it an, a B minus. Steve gave it a B minus. You gave it a B minus. Where are you going with Dark Knight Rises? Bane. Hello, Batman. Uh, dude, this movie fucking rips. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking before. You gave it a, you gave it a B minus. Yeah. No, it's it's like B plus territory, maybe A minus territory for wait, me. Wait, wait, where are you going with this? Uh, wait, this isn't like Alien 3 is 100%, is it? No. Okay. No, this, because uh, I do think that visually, it's my favorite of the three. Is it because of the winter scenes at the end? The winter scenes are very cool. Yeah. Uh, the kind of like bombed out quality that the city has yeah. uh, is great. Uh, the multiple threaded storylines work a lot better for me than they do in Dark Knight. Okay. Where you have, um, you know, your your Catwoman thread, you've got your Robin thread, you've got all these different things kind of coming together. Yeah. Um, and I was a lot more invested in each of those, surprisingly, to me. Previously, when I watched this, I think that uh, I've become, and I noticed this on the Nashville CA episode, I might be less jaded than I was a decade ago. Oh, we all grow. Yeah. In different ways. Yeah. So I think that the kind of the emotional threads of each of those storylines got me a lot further. Okay. Than it did previously. So it had more impact. Uh, Matthew Modine getting mowed down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, he's such a bastard through the whole thing. Oh, he's never, I hate his character so much. Yeah, he's never like stepping up and doing the right thing. And then he finally does. And he's willing to die for it. Yeah. That, yeah. that got me. Um, the, the whole thing. I remember rolling my eyes previously at the boys home. What, why was that? Just, they were like. Oh, why don't you fund the boys home anymore? That's where I lived. You should have, you know, you came from there, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then for uh, Joga Lev to be on that bridge with the guy, with the kids from the boys home. Yes. And he's showing them what it takes to be Batman. Yes, he is. Yeah. 
He's, he's willing to go out there and do what it takes to try to get his people to safety and help who, where he can. That message that was from the first one, and I feel it gets muddied in the second one, even though it's like the big print message of like, it doesn't matter if it's Batman or Harvey Dent, you have someone who's standing up for the city. And yes. All that. In the second one, I feel like it doesn't emotionally play as well in Dark Knight. In Dark Knight Rises, you have all these examples of people living up to it. I think for part of that is because, you know, Begins is clearly year one. Yeah. Dark Knight is prime. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises is retired mm-hmm. and coming out of retirement. So when I look at it that way, I can't I, I can't sit there and go, well, you know, they um they they he doesn't look the same. Well, he's not the same. He's, he's older. Right. He's broken until he puts his little his little gear on his leg and kicks a fucking cement wall. And it's like, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> uh, so what are you giving this movie, Josh? You've spoken highly of this now. Yes. I also, before you give this grade. Yeah. When we did this movie, this is when I only wrote a paragraph. Okay. This is what I said about it. I have to agree with most of what you just said, which to me makes it a very average movie. I think that completing the trilogy without Heath Ledger's Joker was a monumental task. You know they had plans for him in the third film. When you lose a power character like that, you are left with a creative vacuum that is not given time to fully flesh out a story because the studio has already set the release date. Bane was a nice idea for this, but I don't understand why they returned to the League of Shadows storyline when it wasn't even mentioned in the second film. I would have rather this third film be that Bruce is getting older and he needs to find a person to take on the mantle of Batman as he starts to break down. Instead, we get Bane being linked to a thrown-in at the last minute Talia al Ghul, which is a romantic storyline we never needed for the series. He's sleeping with Talia. The casting in this is as good as it has ever been. Most of the actors and actresses are constantly being called as nominees, Zach Academy Award, and Global Golden Globe shows. But this movie proves that you can have all the great help in the world, but if the story doesn't make sense, it's just another average film, so I'm giving this a C. But mm-hmm. I wrote this five years ago. Everything I said about Dark Knight is the reason why I moved down Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. That right there. The bigger, the better story is the Batman Begins and the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. The Dark Knight is a damn good story as a standalone. Mm-hmm. But the better story was in the bookends. Yes. So, I may be changing my grade here. <laughs> okay. What are you giving this thing? You give it a B minus. What do you want to change it to? Uh, let's go B plus. I won't, I won't throw things off. But for me, my non-critical hat. Yeah. It gets, it does get into that A territory because of the emotional hit that it gives me at the end. Okay. For me, it's the, I, I love the emotional hit. I love, uh, in the second movie, you introduced Harvey Dent and Joker. Mm-hmm. Naturally, with a third movie, gotta make more, gotta make it bigger. You get Jogo, you get um, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, yeah, which is incredibly underrated in the entire series. Um, she bothered me the first time because she's in a different, she's in her own world. Oh yeah. This time I was like, she would be, she would be in her own world. Yeah, yeah. she does not play with the rest of these people until this adventure. Right. Yeah. And for me, that I anytime they talk about like the villains in Batman and all stuff in the Nolan verse specifically, mm-hmm. they always leave off Anne Hathaway and people forget the first three fourths of that movie 
You don't know where she stands. Right. You don't know where she stands until she goes into that bank with that motorcycle and blows up Bane. And you realize, okay, she's on Team Bat. Yeah. You know? And that's what I, because that's Catwoman always was. She was always playing both sides. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so, yeah, for me, I gave it a C before. I'm bumping it up to a B minus. Okay. I, I got I came up with the B minus. Uh but I still have again part of that's it's part of it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna last Jedi this thing, so just hold on. All right. Part of the reason why I'm giving it a B minus and not a B plus is because again, going with my idea that if it's part of a trilogy, it is one continuous story. That's what it's meant to be, that's what it's supposed to be. If Dark Knight left off here. Did you take the baton and then run with it and finish the story that you had laid out at that point? But what I think they did was in Rise of Skywalker was skip over Dark, dark skip over Last Jedi, go back to the first movie mm -hmm. and finish that marathon and left this one hanging. Because the only connective tissue you have in the in the third movie from the second one is that Harvey Dent died. Right. Which you could have just introduced them and like, oh, Harvey Dent was in this universe. That's pretty cool. Right. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. You have uh, none of the plot or thematic concerns that the Joker brought to the table in the second film are addressed in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it the Joker... What I loved about the Joker's character was that, you know, he's chaotic. You don't know where he's going to hit. You don't know where he gets his resources. You'd, everything's a mystery about this guy. Like, how does he set up all these extravagant things mm -hmm. and yet can't get a remote control on a bomb thing to work when he's blowing up a hospital you know yeah, yeah which funny story about that but anyway the i love that idea that he's an everywhere he's the evil that represent that's represented everywhere mm -hmm. and you don't know where it's going to hit and it's always going to be there personified <clears throat> but they could have really used a scene in dark knight rises where batman goes to the joker in prison and ask him, how do you defeat a man like Bane? Because mm -hmm. you needed the Hannibal Lecter scene in this. And the Batman gave us that. Yeah. And it pisses me off. Because <laughs> that movie's a piece of shite. Wow. I said it. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so the Dark Knight Rises, leapfrogs Iron Man 2 on the bottom of the Pantheon there. Okay. Because we have so many comic book movies. Yeah. Uh, but hey, it's an 82%. It's a B minus average. And if you had asked me six years ago if that would be the case, I would have laughed my ass off.